Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight I am joined by three members of my firefighting family. I have Ash. Hello. I have Scott. Hey. And our illustrious Chief Bob has hey. joined us. How you doing, Bob? Good evening. Good day. Good day. Depending on what time you're listening to this. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Um, we, uh, we've got a couple of conversations we want to get into, but first of all, um, we have some, we have some stuff that we want to mention, uh, which is, which is a bit closer to home. So mm. Ash. Yeah. We just, uh, as a group wanted to take a quick moment and send out our condolences to timeless Todd and his family. Um, uh, Todd lost his father, uh, a week uh, or so ago, uh, when this gets released. Uh, Todd's father was a over 50-year member of the fire department uh, where Todd serves now. Um, as Todd said, he was a, a member that served here, uh, down in his town now, uh, and uh, he's been all over the province. So, yeah, we just wanted to take a quick moment and give our respects uh, to one of our brothers and his family and the firefighting family down there as well. Yeah. <clears throat> 50 plus years in the service mm. that's some time well we uh how long have you been in bob huh how long have you been i've been in um going in 29 years 29 just a young buck yeah just to start <laughs> a rookie yeah so we, we had touched on before bob kind of when when you started and where you started but i think that was a while ago so let's Let's talk about that again. So where, well, where was I, I started it? in another city, right? And then when I moved to where we are now, I joined the department here, right? And uh, back in the day, when I first started, the most fun thing was to go to a call on the tailboard of a truck, <laughs> and I miss that the most. <laughs> The smell of smoke, the the uh... oh, the feel of the wind in your hair <laughs> going down the road <laughs> on icy cold yeah, days. Especially in January, <laughs> yeah, especially in January, you something more fun in California. Yeah. <laughs> you'd crouch down behind the uh, hose bed to try and stay out of the wind, but other times you'd just stand up, and look, see where we're going. Did you have belts? Yeah, we had belts. Yeah, you had a belt with a hook on it. So if you fell off, though, you get like basically dragged down the street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is which is pretty much why they stopped doing that. I guess a few people had fallen off uh, the back of the truck, and and um, they said, you know, that's probably not a good thing to do. So. That seems like so much fun. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, we do it <clears throat> on a very low level scale, still. Very point. low. For our Christmas truck. Yeah. For our Christmas truck. And and everybody in the department fights to, to, to sit on the, yeah. or to stand on the back of the truck. So true. I mean, we're going 
walking speed. <laughs> yeah, we're going walking speed. <laughs> we're going walking speed down the road, but guys want to ride on the back of that truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. There's there's normally a, a shoving match on the back <laughs> to see you can go on. It's, it's true. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. It's cool too because it's a era specific truck. It's not like we're getting on one of our engines now no. and, and riding off the back. It's uh, or it's a 50s. Whenever that, 50s yeah, nineteen fifties, fifty three Chevrolet. Yeah, it's uh, pretty sweet. Yeah, do we? Yeah. We've thrown up pictures of that before, have we not? We have. We went live uh, surrounding the truck last year, and yeah, we did. we'll uh, we'll definitely toss up some photos and probably a video this year coming up. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of guys like the, like the old old trucks, right? That's great. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's important stuff. That that uh, I was listening to. In fact, I was listening to the Bar Boys, and they were talking about it, and they were talking about the the nostalgia of old trucks mm-hmm. and the feel that you get and the the noises they make and the kind of the different stuff that they they kind of they just bring back different memories, a different feel. I think one of the guys said that they've got a personality of their own sort of thing, like a different feel with the trucks. But and did you ever feel that kind of stuff, Bob's? Uh Old trucks are old trucks. <laughs> yeah, I guess they have a personality. I uh, I like to uh, see old trucks, but I certainly wouldn't want to have one uh, in full service. <laughs> Modern trucks are very efficient. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's let's touch a little bit as well, Bob. On when you when you first joined, where did you join? Originally, when you first started, in uh, the Vancouver area, not Vancouver, in Surrey. Right. Okay. And so that was you said you. Were it was a composite. Dep- well, it was a volunteer hall. Uh, they that committee had uh, probably a dozen different halls. The one that I was in was a volunteer hall. Right. There was some paid halls, some composite halls. Okay. What What made you want to want to join? What was it? Well, initially, um, I was uh, working at a location, and someone had a, uh, a medical need, and they called the fire department, and the fire department came and 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 helped this person, and I said, you know, I I'd like to be able to do that, and so I joined the fire department and learned how to help people. Yeah, that's good enough. Good enough excuse to get on, I guess, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't as hard to get on at that department at that time than it is in our department now. And I think when I first joined this department, uh, if you could sign your name, (laughs) (laughs) yes, you were in. (laughs) I mean, they had a they had a uh, a limit of the number of people that could be in the department at that time, and. it was much smaller department than what we have now. And uh, you just uh, put in an application form, which was pretty basic. And um, as soon as there was an opening, you got in. How many members did they carry back then? I think we had uh, 24. So we have about 10 more now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're at 35 right now, yeah. or 34. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said uh, one of your favorite parts was was being on the back of the truck and riding. Absolutely. The yeah. Was was there other ever ever like uh, big big things for you? The, the other stuff that you enjoyed in the beginning? Yeah. No, um, 
I mean, it was... It, if you're a fireman, firefighter, you just like going to fires. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I, at that time, just enjoyed uh, being on the end of a hose. I, I remember going to one fire, and we had a, uh, a two and a half inch with a monitor on it, and had made a big loop in the monitor out there, and I just sat on that hose for probably two hours. <laughs> Didn't move, just sat there and squirted water out at this building. You know, I don't know how effective that was, but that was what we did at the time. Yeah. Um, did they have, um, like, um, fog nozzles and stuff? Or was it all... Oh, yeah, sure. Huh. We still have them. They're well, still know, on know, the trucks. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same ones. They're the chrome ones. I guess my question is, what sort of uh, advancements in 30 years? There's been a lot. But yeah, there's no there was no thermal cameras obviously. Back no, then. we didn't have thermal cameras, yeah. um, and um, the SCBAs we had, were a lot different. Oh, the the SCBAs were um, uh, a lot simpler at that time, and they all had steel tanks. Yeah, so Which we still have some. you not, knew we're not what we use, but <laughs> you we're, knew that you were carrying that tank uh, after a couple hours, uh, uh, and and the uh, time frame for tanks was quite a bit uh, smaller than it is now. We have. Uh, longer duration tanks. Did you, uh, I know here, uh, when I started, we were like the elephant trunk masks, as we call them. I don't yeah. That's, and we never, I think they were on our last, like on our third truck when I first started, but they were quickly phased out. But you obviously would have. When, when I started, that's what we had with the uh, long, call them the elephant trunk. Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, the selling benefit of that was that if you ran out of air, you could take that off of your tank and stick it inside your jacket, and uh, <coughs> theoretically, uh, your jacket would uh, give you some protection. Really? Really, filter. yeah. That's what I was told. That's crazy. So it would filter the air a little bit? Yeah, it yeah. filters it out a little bit. I mean, that probably, it'd probably be enough to crawl out. Give yeah. you a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't think that it never happened to me, but uh, I guess it may have happened to somebody at some point in time because that's uh, one of the things that we practiced doing was to take that off and stick it inside your your jacket, so you breathe breathe your armpit air. Yeah. <laughs> I could see some jokes being had on people. <laughs> right? Absolutely, sticking in other places. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be a, that'd be a Warren classic right there. That would be. Oh, um, <laughs> the uh, did they not did the packs have any um, I mean I'm assuming they had some sort of bell oh, alarm yeah, yeah they had yeah. a little bell yeah yeah mm -hmm. so as soon as you got to a certain low pressure the... yeah the bell would start to ring right yeah yeah so just for those uh, at the first we didn't have pass alarms uh, a little later on that came in but they were the they were the just the little clip on yeah um, like the grenade ones then you pull the pin and it yeah. goes off not the oh yeah yeah not the newer models like we no have. not the built-in ones that we have now we still got a couple of little but there was uh, you know um, firefighting is still firefighting we you know some of the basic things that we do we still hook up to hydrants the same way we still pump out a truck the same way uh, our attacks now are somewhat different because the structures we're dealing with are different. Um, houses burned up slower 
30 years ago. Um, the materials that were in houses was different. Uh, furniture was different. Um, things burn fast now. And uh, I think um, this department, we've always been a fairly aggressive department as far as going firefighting. And uh, we like to go inside and put fires out. We don't like to stand on the curb and lob water at it. <clears throat> and, and we've always done that. But I believe that now we do it in a safer manner than we did 30 years ago. <clears throat> the, the changes that occurred for that, obviously, because you've been, you've been, how long have you been in our department now? 28, 28 years, going on 29. So you've seen from the beginning kind of where this all, like the progression of where we've gotten to. Well, not the beginning, because the department's 90-something years old, mm -hmm. so Still, I wasn't, in the, I, 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 was I wasn't the here in the beginning. <laughs> beginning, beginning. But you've been here for long enough that you've seen the, the, the change that's occurred. Sure. Um, if, have there been any real big key points that you remember where there's been some, some large change that has really kind of twisted this into the right directions? Anything that stands out. Well, um, there, there's a there's a few a number of changes that we, or I'm not not sure if, if changes is the right word. We just do things differently now, than we did when I started. When I started, uh, there was no official training program. One day you were Joe Citizen, and the next day you were Joe Fireman. <laughs> and when the alarm went off. You went and got your gear on, and hopefully you could figure out how to get it on, because nobody really, nobody showed me how to put on an SCBA. I just watched somebody else and said, oh, yeah, geez, I guess, I guess that's how you do it. I'm, I'm sure I did it wrong a few times. Uh, it wasn't, they weren't as technical as they are now, so it was a little easier. You just turned one knob and air came on, and uh, you breathed it. Um, <laughs> Sounds about the same. Sounds about the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there was no, I mean, we do, we, when people start in our department now, they go through an extensive training program before they get on a truck. Uh, when I started, uh, you just, the next fire, you got on a truck if there was space, <laughs> if you were fast enough to get there. And, and you learned on the job. There wasn't a, a, a training program. We had practice night every week, and um, it was more of a uh, scenario-type practice, not really, this is how you do this. This is step one, this is step two, this is step three. As we do now, you know, we build progression and then, and then do a scenario involving all of those elements now. Before, we just, I don't know, we just ran around and squirted water on our hoses and had fun. And you gradually learn stuff. Yeah. Hooked up to hydrant. The other thing is um, uh, communication. <clears throat> we, we always talk about communication and how we need to communicate with each other. And I was thinking about it today when you guys asked me to, to be here. I, I think I was in the department probably two years, maybe three years, before I had a conversation with the deputy chief. Jeez. <laughs> it, oh. was, it was a different 
thing. I, I guess perhaps other people that joined at a similar time uh, had a different personality than me, and maybe they uh, drank more. And I, I no, firemen never drank. <laughs> Back in the day, in the olden days, firemen would get together and drink beer. And I'm not a beer drinker, so perhaps I missed out on that social aspect of of the fire department. Uh, whereas someone else who was a good beer drinker uh, would get uh, more involved with uh, some of the officers. Um, but it was, uh, communication was not a, a key factor in the old days. Uh, if you didn't know how to do something, somebody would tell you how to do that. <laughs> and I think I was told to blicka, 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 that thing quite a few times before I got it figured out. <laughs> we don't do that now. <laughs> the strain under pressure. The, uh, the, the way we do things now obviously it was it's been a gradual pro progression path to, to where we are with the the training plans and stuff but how do you how do you see it now do you see it obviously it's it's better but do you feel that even now because obviously this the the program that we've got going now with the, even the newer guys we've got in i think actually it started started just after me right where we really started putting yeah. people down and two years three years yeah two and a half years. yeah so yeah. that was where we really started kind of when we bring the new guys in, they run through the programs. How are you seeing that? I think it's great. Right. I think that's an important safety factor. Uh, we, we can't afford to send um, our members, new guys, off to a training school for six months to get a certificate. Uh, we do it in-house. Uh, the guys that are doing the training, the instructors are all qualified certified there's two different things qualified and certified and they are both and um, I think it's important that uh, new members get well trained before they get on the truck this is a dangerous risky occupation but we try to minimize the risk by training people uh, to a point where they are safe and then having officers that are concerned about their safety. <clears throat> Completely agree. I think, because uh, we get a lot of questions even still on how the changes that have happened in our department, how they began, how things were slowly implemented and whether or not they're working. And one of the ones is still, you know, how are you training your rookies, right? When you're bringing them in, are you just throwing them on a truck? Is that still just the progression path? And I think now with the fact that we are taking those people away and having them individually <clears> trained <throat> in those smaller groups, it definitely seems to be working. I, th I, think, it, I think it's working well. Um, <clears throat> somebody else from outside might, might look at it and, and find some areas where we need to improve. We are not perfect, um, but uh, we're um, a very, I'm gonna use the word aggressive department and by that, I mean, we like to put fires out. And uh, there's always a, a, a portion of risk management um, where we can, our officers are, are 
really well-trained, well-qualified, I believe, to look at a, uh, a situation and say, no, <clears throat> we don't want to go in that building. Or, yeah, we can, we can go in there and we can put that fire out before we lose the building. And we've had pretty good success at buildings that when we arrive on scene, if, if that building's savable, we'll save it. Yeah, I think it, <laughs> this year being the year of structure fires, mm -hmm. I think we've seen that more this year than any year, any year prior. We've had more structure fires this year, I think, than we've ever had. Well, we've been to a couple of uh, single-wide mobile home fires. And if you come to a single-wide mobile home that is fully involved <laughs> and you walk away and there is still an identifiable structure there, you've been successful. Fact. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we've, we've been to a couple that, yeah. yeah, we put them out. Yeah. Normally, people think, oh, a single wide mobile home, it's toast, it's gone. Don't even bother you getting the hose off the truck because it's gone. But no, we can save those. Mm -hmm. The the uh, the aggressive things still, um, there are still people that don't necessarily fully believe that aggression is always the best course of action. And not that we always promote that aggression is the best. It's just the default that we go to yeah. to start. And then we assess, and then we go on the defensive well, needed. Maybe we need to find a different word nah, than aggressive. I like that word. <laughs> <laughs> aggressive is fine. <laughs> you know, aggressive is, is good. I mean, we are not careless. We are not reckless. Uh, we know what the risks are. We can identify the risks. And, and we know how to mitigate the risks. The, one of the things, obviously, especially with the aggressive stuff and the way that we've changed kind of more, not changed, but we've already kind of been in that mindset going forward, but the processes we do now have changed. One of those things being, at, for a better term, the decentralized command of having the officers running their own teams and then reporting back to you. And I know back in the day, it used to be, a, there was a, a single, single voice and the, the shout was screamed in the... Well, I think it wasn't, I think it just depends on who the chief is at the time, too. Mm -hmm. Very true. Because I've had three different chiefs. And some of them are very, like, yeah, decentralized. Some of them are, like, more... No, I want to. I'm saying what I'm saying, and you're not. You're following my orders. And some of them are just kind of like, and some of them are super aggressive. Some of them are super um, defensive. So, I mean, part of it, like a lot of that has to do with who's in charge at the top. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I uh, when I started in this department as a as a rookie, uh, the uh, chief and deputy chief pretty much looked after everything. Right. And um, I. Now that I'm chief, I don't really have uh, time, energy, interest, whatever the word is, to do everything. I ain't got time for this fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, there are there. We have we have five officers that are capable of directing a fire. I mean, and I've been I've been away on on a vacation and or on a conference, and we had a structure fire. And it went out, you know. I mean, it didn't go out. We put it out. <laughs> like it the guys put it out. out. <laughs> <laughs> Ran out of fuel. Chief wasn't there to tell us what the day we left. Actually, it. you and 
You and the deputy chief were both gone. Yeah, we were both we were both gone. The, the captains ran a great show, and and that's uh, super smooth. Wait. <laughs> probably probably smoother than if I'd been there. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, over a period of time, those officers, those members, have become officers and have taken uh, the time and training to be able to do that, and it's important that they have the ability to do that so when i come to a fire I, I i usually go direct to fires and a lot of time i'll just act as a safety officer or or um a resource person and the captains they know what they're supposed to do i i i don't like uh, i like to delegate and when i delegate something to somebody that's their problem now it's not my problem you look after it. If I say, okay, you you look after that sector, you look after that sector, you look after that sector, I'm just going to more or less stand here. Um, the uh, large fire that we had uh, earlier this year, um, where we had a huge propane tank on fire and, and a building and several trucks and everything was going... Um, I just stood in the middle of the parking lot and uh, there was three or four officers uh, had each corner and and they looked after their section and you know I made a couple of suggestions about oh why don't you move that hose around a little bit farther around there it might have a better um, result because I'm standing back looking at it but, uh, yeah yeah that little bit of a, the uh, detached view there <clears throat> Yeah, I'm see. Scott, you got something? I just, um, I think it's training and, and the decentralized command part. Because uh, when I watch our trucks roll up, if I'm the duty officer, I'll watch our trucks roll up. And I don't have to be like, I don't meet the truck and tell them exactly. I just tell the truck, hey, I want you to park here. And they do their thing. Like, they, mm -hmm. they all bail off. They all start grabbing hoses. They all start attacking. I don't have to be like, that's your sector there. This is what I want you guys to do. Like, there's nothing, there's none of that. We, our guys know, okay, this is what we're going to do. I mean, if they start doing something squirrely, it's when we, no, no, let's let's do this. Or, you know, a lot of times it's over the radio. Hey, there's, you know, fire pushing out the front window. Let's uh, let's do a transitional attack. And that's all we have to say. We don't have to be like, because I know a lot of a lot of departments, they, they the, whoever the officer is that gets there first, whether it's the chief or whoever, they, they want the captains to report to them first, get their assignments, and talk about what they're going to do. And meanwhile, guys are sitting there going like... The old tailboard meetings? Yeah, guys are basically mm -hmm. standing near the tailboard waiting for their orders. Well, meanwhile, there's a, there a structure on fire. <laughs> Potentially people trapped. You know, every minute counts. Um, but I think preloading that with training, a lot of training beforehand, and letting guys run their... Like, get trust them to know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I like to... Uh, if I'm on scene first... I like to give those instructions over the radio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, I want uh, truck one, uh, would you come up this driveway? Truck two, come up the other driveway, um, get it from the backside. Yeah. And then sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it gets a little messed up. Like it's like one of us goes the wrong way and then it's just like, oh, shift gears because that truck's not where I want it to go. But now it's, <coughs> now we're just changing a little bit. It's there. Yeah. Yep. So it's not like, I told you to go there and follow that fire. It's yeah. not like none of that. It's just like, oh, okay, okay, this is make what we're work. doing now. You just have to adapt to what yeah. just happened and make it work. Yeah. 
and that was that was kind of where I was coming through. It was I was thinking, you know, like you you've seen the different styles of leaders over the years. You've had the aggressive guys, you've had the defensive guys, and then you've had the guys that have been completely hands off. And I think we're the most aggressive now <laughs> <laughs> that we've ever been. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think as well, though. I think that comes down to the timing for certain things too, right? Especially well, it with comes the way... down to timing, but it comes down to training. Yeah. If the leadership has the confidence in the officers and in the members to trust them to do their job, then you, by default, can do more. You can be more aggressive. Uh, or the officer can allow firefighters to be more aggressive if you have confidence that they know what they're doing. And as a chief, I have confidence in my officers that they know what they're doing and that they're going to direct the firefighters in a in a safe manner. And since, I guess, uh, since this kind of new regime really is kind of coming into place and that, that new standard has been set, how do you find your position now? Because some people, we've had conversations, I've had conversations with, they're like, you know what? I don't know if we'll ever be able to get that to happen in our department because I don't know if the chief ever wants to let go of that. Yeah, well, it's a matter of trust. Um, I, I I trust the officers that they're going to do the job that they're trained to do. Um, I am not so insecure in my position that I'm afraid if I don't direct everything, somebody else will get the credit for it, and uh, maybe they'll become more popular than me, and uh, and they'll become the chief. You know what? If that's the case, bonus for them. This is a volunteer department. <laughs> it is, it is a volunteer paid. department. <laughs> you're you're yeah. not retiring on your money you're making. Absolutely. Yeah, I am not retiring on the money I'm making, and. Uh, if somebody thinks that they want this job and all the headaches and all the other work that goes with it, hey, you know what? Cool. Give it a run. <laughs> <laughs> I I love what I'm doing. And and hopefully people think that I'm doing a good enough job. Uh, I I have a hard time uh, calculating whether whether I'm doing a good job apart from that we're successful in fighting fires and, and getting people out of car crashes and whatever else we do. Uh, so if I, if I base my success on that, we're doing, I'm doing great. Um, I always have to, I always have to stand back and think, okay, uh, is there something I can be doing better? And I think that everybody should be looking at that. Every officer should be looking back and say, okay, uh, at that particular call or in the department in general or life in general, is can I be doing better? And there's lots of things that I can be doing better at. <clears throat> I think one of the biggest things I've noticed change-wise from the time that I started was the fact that now everyone's got a voice. It, and it didn't used to be that way. Again, yeah. it used to be, you go do this, but, no but, go do this. But it doesn't seem that way anymore. So in fact, it's not. It doesn't seem that way. It's not that way anymore. Yeah. There are certain situations that that is required. But if there's really something you need to bring up, hey chief, I got something to say. I don't agree with this, or this isn't. Let's talk about it. Obviously, we need to do something about this now. But if you've got a better plan, go figure it out. Right? Go do it. Go do your Absolutely. thing. If you if you know what you're doing and you've got a better idea, 
As long as this gets done, don't care how you do it. Just go do it. Well, I think it's it it comes down to a chain of command as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think it's wrong for a firefighter to come up to the chief on a scene and say, "Hey, chief, I think we should do this." No, you go go talk to the captain that you're working with or you're working under, and if they've got a problem, they'll come to me. The firefighters go to the to the captains. The captains come to me. I don't like them jumping that one step. It's hard. You know, it, it hasn't always been that way in this department. Uh, when I first took over as chief, I had way more things that I was responsible for doing. And, uh, and that's a hard thing to get out of. Um, if it's a matter of ordering a piece of equipment, uh, whether it's a hose or an axe or a truck, um, sometimes it's really easy for me just to pick up the phone and order it. But that's not my role. There is somebody <clears throat> that is in charge of looking after hoses, and I have to say, hey, listen, we need uh, hoses, or we need nozzles, or we need ladders, or we need a piece of equipment. Uh, can you look after buying it, ordering it, getting some prices, and... And that's the way it is. It's it's not an ego thing on my part. You know, <clears throat> if it was, I'd be doing everything. Yeah, delegation. Scott? Wait, I think when you do that, it puts um, everybody take ownership of the department then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, um, you know, like the guy in charge of the hoses, now he has some ownership of the hoses. And, you know, the, guy, the guys in the training section, we have ownership in training. So it's like we, you know, we there's more of us invested in the whole group whereas if one guy was doing all or even if two guys were doing all the like i know some composite departments um they where they have like a full-time chief or a full-time chief and deputy chief for their they're doing all the work and i maybe the firefighters are feeling like uh, well i have no i have no say I have, you know like you don't have any say i'm now anything. just a tool yeah i'm now just a guy another guy yeah. that can show up and do stuff but i have no investment in this department anymore you know people ask Quite often, okay, What? why is your department successful? Why is it that your department, our department, um, how come you guys ha always have enough firefighters? We're always... We turn people away. Yeah, we're turning people yeah. away. Um, wh why is that? Well, ownership is, is a good part of it. Uh, training is a good part of it. People, people like to belong to something that's successful. And they like to feel that they're part of something, that they're not just a peon. <laughs> um, they're just, you know, they're an important part. And everybody in the department, I think, feels like they have a job to do here. Not just a, as a firefighter, but they have a, a, a function within the department. And it's ownership. I think that's a big factor. And... And that we do lots of fun things together. Which <coughs> brings actually, us to... Which we actually, know. yeah, we just got through. Yeah, we just had done the cash raffle, which we talked about. Did our skit. Hopefully not getting sued by Disney for our horrible <laughs> Star Wars rendition of our, of our skit play thing. Carl and his awesome... The 3PO costume that you made it a cardboard. Ghetto 3PO. Ghetto 3PO. <laughs> the best. The best. <laughs> made it, like, hour. Like an hour. An hour before the, before the final. Yep. 
Nailed it. Oh, that was great. I got to text. He's like, yeah, I know it's day out, buddy. <laughs> I'm like, hey, just make it work. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it was good. It was, uh, we had a couple technical issues, but <laughs> they were dealt with. And yeah. Carried on. It was just, yeah, it's fun as always. Laughs yeah. were had, you yeah. know. And I, honestly, sometimes I'm like, I don't care if anyone else is laughing. We're laughing at our guys. We're laughing. It's hysterical. <laughs> ah, you get the the big laughs. You get some of the ooh. Because we always play into some sort of local or national, political or something. Like, we've got to make make fun of something. So, um, we really went all out this year. It was great. I uh, jumped, jumped on to um, a bit of a local issue. And then... We threw everything in. It was awesome. It's one of the things that brings the department together. Everybody in the department is involved in it in some way, including our spouses, who are an integral part of that. Hmm. They're they're a the big part. It wouldn't happen without them, and uh, and that that's another factor of why people want to be in this department. Why we don't have to go out and have a recruiting campaign. We haven't, we haven't recruited for, I don't know, years and years. We have more people wanting to be in the department than we can take. The family aspect is definitely one, especially in those situations that it just brings everyone back together and kind of re it reignites some of the, some of the flames, right? It shows that everyone's still in this together. It shows that, you know, we're all trying to, we're all trying to get towards a common goal. And those are the times that, yeah, on fire scenes, we're doing that. But that's that there. It's a, we're trained to do it. There's a process we're flowing through. And that's what that's our job. We're there on scene to do our job. But when it comes to those extra pieces, we're still working together towards the common goal. But there's there's much more behind it. There's a team building stuff that's going on. You're getting to see, you know, the, the wives of, of a lot of the guys as well chatting back and forth. Well, kids, are even, yeah, kids are running around. Kids are running around. Kids are fighting Darth Vader. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> swinging lightsabers around in the hall. It was. It's a lot of fun, right? It it shows. It really shows the the connections that are there, and that then comes forward more, I think, into the department, and again showcases for everyone, especially in town, because this event that we we run is for the town. It's not for us. We make a small amount a small amount of money, but really. It, it's almost a wash by the time we're done. It's more about the time, right? It's just about the time. Mm-hmm. So as soon as they see those things. Yeah, I had people come up. I had one guy come up to me in the middle of the event and say, oh, I'm going to be your next fireman. I'm joining the department. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? Go pick up an application. We'll see how you do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when I joined the department, that's all you did. You just picked up an application. You were automatically in. Yeah. You know, unless there was something really strange about you. <laughs> and then you became chief. Yeah. <laughs> what? What did I mean for? But yeah, I thought you had something else on the. No, on no. The Actually, I have one more question about the old days. Yeah. yeah. Our old days here. So we have an air raid siren. Still. Yeah, we do. So, yes, we do. Now, the air raid siren, we don't really need. Well, we sorry, we don't need it, but we like to have it. <laughs> but back in the day, the air raid siren was was the deal. That was the deal. That was how you got there. <clears throat> but tell me about the taxi driver. Okay, so <laughs> I uh, 
that was uh, that was before my time. When I joined, we we had pagers. Okay. But prior to that, we had this uh, air raid siren on top of the fire hall, and uh, we did not have nine one one. You phoned whatever the number was. It was a I think a three or four digit number, and you got the taxi. And the taxi... Do you know the story? No, no you don't know. Oh, it's man. <laughs> this is epic. <laughs> the taxi would come down and, and push the button. Because he, he lived upstairs above the old hall, didn't he? Yeah, he did, but then they, he moved to oh, another okay. location. Oh, okay. So and, he had to go uh, mobile. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, the and then he pushed the button on the front of the fire hall. To, to kick off the siren. Yeah, to yeah. kick off the siren. So the taxi driver gets the phone call. Yeah. <laughs> he gets well, up out a, of bed. It was like an answering service. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, and he well, just holds his finger on a button to start the siren to get you boys all out of there bed. There you go. That's, that's brilliant. I think one of the stories I heard from back in the day was, because uh, this was like, I don't know how many years, well, it was obviously more than 30 years ago. The taxi driver start, started deciding to go to the fires to see if it was worth calling everybody for. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember, I remember hearing the... Well, I hadn't heard that one. Oh, because I remember, uh, I think uh, Spencer's dad told us this. Yeah. Um, right. And the, the the deputy chief at the time, he was quite a large guy and quite had quite a uh, voice to him. And he says, if I ever see a taxi show up in my house before a fire truck, there's going to be hell to pay. <laughs> <laughs> So that stopped. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. Because there was, a, I know I'd, I'd spoken to Spencer's dad about the, the fan out lists. Do you want to explain those? Well, because we still have, well, I mean, we, we still we, have a fan out list, but, yeah, I mean, but we don't use it for, never. We, I've, I've never heard of it used as, uh, to call firemen to, to the fire. I think that's what it was, because, I think maybe originally it might have been. But we've heard about non-actor, like the B-list members? Yeah. We, used to we had uh, <laughs> uh, members that had retired or were not able to be Class A firemen anymore. Uh, they are just too busy or whatever. Uh, they were on a list, and if they uh, didn't get enough firemen, they would phone those guys to come. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting way of doing it. Eh? Call, well, call a know, taxi service, get a fire truck. <laughs> I like it. Well, it was like an answering service. It yep. was before 911 came in, and people knew that that's the number you called if you wanted the fire department. You call them, the guy'd run downstairs, push the button. Guys would run. It worked uh, well, obviously, when you lived upstairs. Yeah. I think the comedy now is. <laughs> He's like, well, I want a bigger house. I'm going to move. Yeah. Well, that was the problem. <laughs> but I'll still have the button. <laughs> yeah. I'll still be the guy. The other the other problem was that the uh, the fire hall was not built as a fire hall. It was built um, as a municipal building, and then it was a uh, public works building, and then finally it turned into the fire hall. And it was right on Main Street, right at the main intersection in Main Street. It's not a freaking place. And... Uh, uh, if the uh, light happened to be red and there was two semis waiting to go through the red light, uh, the fire trucks couldn't get out of the fire hall. <laughs> so, so to alleviate that, uh, they installed a button uh, inside the fire hall that would turn uh, all the lights red on three sides except the one right in front of the fire hall. That one would be green. So, uh, so the traffic going in a northerly direction would be able to go through the intersection, but the ones coming south, east, and west 
would be stopped. It was great because you'd come back from fire and uh, it was stop button. See all the traffic stop. I was gonna say, yeah, I'm sure there was a few, uh, a few yeah. nights where guys were like, hey. <laughs> and then, uh, then when we came back from uh, from a fire, in order to get back into the fire hall, we had to uh, drive the trucks into the Seven Eleven, which was across the street from the fire hall, and back across the highway uh, to get into the fire hall. Yeah, I don't believe it was a Seven Eleven back then, was it? Yeah, oh, it, it was. was for a while. Oh yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah. it was yeah, right. Well, it was a gas station yeah. before yeah. that, yeah. but it was a Seven Eleven for a long time. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we used to pull in there and and then back across the road, you'd have guys out with stop signs, stopping traffic so that you didn't get run into. And uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting. It was a pretty small hall. Lots of stories about guys backing the truck in too far and somebody no. leaving the truck in reverse when they got out of it from a fire and the next guy that got in was <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> Just got in, started up, stepped on the gas and backed up. <laughs> backed into the wall. <laughs> yeah. Good That's why you can't ride at the tailboard anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to move because the uh, the trucks that we wanted to purchase because the, the trucks were getting aged out uh, were too big for the fire hall. They, they wouldn't fit in. Right. As it was, you had to uh, come in a man door in the center of the uh, fire hall and push the buttons to open the truck bay doors in order to get into the trucks oh. because you couldn't get around the front or back of the trucks. Yeah, it was really shallow. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Double floor. There was... Yeah, there's a basement. Yeah. Secondary bay downstairs. Yeah, actually, uh, so it, for the listeners, just for a little bit of a knowledge jump, that's now a pub. And yeah, a it is a pub and a restaurant. Yeah. And uh, I was actually having a couple of beers uh, with Spencer's dad down in, in, the, in, the, bottom part. in the bottom part, which yeah. is kind of a brewery area now. And he was like, you know, we used to park two trucks in here. <laughs> I was like, where? He's like, right where you're sat, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the old truck that we have that we use at Christmas time for our Christmas truck, it had a ladder up on the top of it, uh, just a 45-foot um, ladder. Huh? And uh, uh, if you were upstairs in the fire hall and that truck, it, it would back into the downstairs bay. And uh, you could always hear when that truck was coming in because every time it would hit the heating ducts, the heating ducts, uh, metal duct work uh, on the ceilings, uh, it would always crash into those every time somebody backed in there. You could hear quack, 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 quack. <laughs> oh, truck's back. Oh. Brilliant. Oh, man. We didn't have tenders back then either. We did not have tenders. And uh, tankers, whatever they call them in the states, yeah. <laughs> so everything was hydrant ran. No, no, what we everything used was to second do, truck ran. yeah. So, uh, the genius thing, you know, even even we got into such a habit. And <laughs> one of my pet peeves, we've always done it this way, <laughs> yes. And uh, even if we have an officer's meeting, and uh, the officer's meeting usually is on the uh, Tuesday before our monthly general meeting and if I should ever suggest that we have it the week before that <laughs> I will have someone 
put me on text and say, we've always done it this way. I was, just just <laughs> I was just implying, you know. Yeah. We've always done it this way. Okay, so um, even after we got water tankers, tenders. So what did we, we used to do? We used to pump. We, we, used, to, we used to have truck one would go to the fire and it would start to attack the fire truck two engine pumper would come and hook up to truck one so we've got pumper number one squirting water pumper number two is is uh, servicing water to pumper number one and then if pumper number two runs out of water it would go and get more water and it would just act like a water tender so we eventually we got water tenders tankers so what do we do and what do we do we still hook it up (laughs) two engines hooked together okay (laughs) i remember it took spencer one day we we actually had two tenders yeah at this point and we still were doing it this way spencer puts his hand up in a meeting he's like why are we doing it this way everyone's like because we've always done it this way (laughs) no one had an answer no one one was like i don't i don't actually know so probably stopped (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, that's what we used to do. Hook uh, two engines together, use one engine as a water tanker. It just, it goes to show again though, right? Like that that knowledge that's passed over, knowledge is great. It's not always right as time changes, right? Mm-hmm. As things move on, well, in an open we have to change. Yeah, like in an open department, yeah. you can get changes because you'd be like, why are we doing it this way? Yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, I don't know. But if you're in a closed, like no one asks any questions, no one ever asks any questions <laughs> and you just keep doing crazy yeah. stuff that <laughs> doesn't make any sense yeah or yeah. sometimes it's like oh we do it this way because this happened oh okay that's, that's why we do it yeah uh, the the problem that we run into um when we're dealing over periods of time is that uh new people learn what to do but they need to learn why they're mm-hmm. doing it mm-hmm. and uh that's where the failure comes in. If you're only learning what to do and you're not learning why you're doing that, that's where we just fall back into we've always done it this way. Yeah, I think whenever I teach, I always try to add the why are we doing it yeah. on everything I say. Like, the reason why we do it is because this would happen. The reason why we do this is because this would happen. The reason why and, we don't just go fog into a room is because we, we'll, we could get steamed. Um, we could just say, yeah, just just spray like this, just pencil like this, okay. Don't tell them why. Yeah. But they need to know why. And there's sometimes when a brand new person will question, well, why are we doing it that way? What if we did it this other way? And and we may say, hey, you know what? That's a valid point. Why not try it that way? And I think we often do that in our department now. Someone will come up with a, usually it's Scott, will come up with, hey, we should try this. It might work. Yeah, okay, well, let's try it in training and see if it works. And if it works, let's make it a policy. Let's make it that's the way we do it, if it works better. Yeah. If it it doesn't work, well, okay, we'll just keep doing the things the way we are. It definitely takes the... You need you need a few things for that to work, right? You need the right leadership that's going to listen, 
and you need the kind of person who can think outside of the box to be able to bring those two things together and then you need somebody who can actually put it all into action and make it work and then you're right though the the why is the biggest point in in any training because again if we're all mm -hmm. supposed to be independent thinkers on the fire ground where we're all making our own decisions through a decentralized command system if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing you have no idea even how to approach the the problem to be able to fix it you've got all these tools and all these things you know how to do but because you don't know why each one of them does what they do and what effect it has on what you're trying to do you don't know which ones to apply yeah well, i just want to add something to what you just said um I know we're all independent thinkers and we're all <clears throat> know what we're supposed to do, but it is a team event. We're not individuals when we're on the fire ground, we're a part of a team. Um, every, every person has a specific part of that team to do their job effectively. Absolutely. I think like Bob said, some of, a lot of ideas are for firefighting usually come from me because I'm always researching firefight, like specifically fire attack. But when it comes to like ropes, I don't know. Like I, I've expressed my dislike of ropes. <laughs> I mean, I like ropes, but I, I, I'm not good with them, I should say. Um, but a guy like Matt, he has, he's very, very good with ropes and we, we try to nurture him because mm. sometimes you'll sit there and you'll walk up and you'll see him thinking. He'll be looking at a rope. He does system. do that face. He'll, he'll oh. sit there and look at a rope system. He actually like, does that hand yeah. thing. Yeah. And he's like looking and he's <laughs> like, chin scratch. He's like, what if we did? Or you go, I'm just thinking. I'm like, okay. And, but you have to encourage it. Yeah, and you almost have to be like, yeah, let's hear more. Like, let's give it a try. Like, sometimes, you know, we'll be on uh, like a practice night, we'll be done, we'll be hanging out, talking, and someone will bring something up. We'll be like, to the truck base. <laughs> we'll, go and, we'll go and try something new. Um, and same we try thing, a lot know. of things at 10 o'clock. Yeah. It's true. You know, same thing, you know, like you got like Andrew, who I don't think we've had on yet. He's, you know, a building guy. You know, he'll say something and it's like, oh, let's give that a shot. Or like, or like, I like Dennis there, our, our um, uh, metal fabricator guy. He'll come up with these new and interesting ways to do things. Or I'll have an idea sometimes and I'll be like, can one of you guys figure out how to make this work? Because <laughs> my brain doesn't work that way. And they're like, yep. And then they zip it up. So, yeah. It's that coming together and using every resource. Again, it's one of the bonuses of volunteer fire departments, right? We're all from different walks of life. We've all got different full-time jobs that we're all dealing with. And from those things, we all bring a different chunk of information that we can just lean on between yeah. us. So I notice sometimes with uh, like full-time departments, they get like, um, especially when they're going, going to the same academy, it's like a cookie cutter, boom. Like this is a firefighter, here's what you get. This is a firefighter, here's what you get. But a lot of the fire departments, the kind of the bonus they will hire is a, is a person that like a tradesperson. Mm -hmm. So oh, we, there's an electrician, there's a, a tile. Like they, they just, they, you know, they roll through, but maybe they don't look at other guys. Sometimes they don't look at guys that maybe have different skills that can help them as well. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes if they're in Canada, they say, oh, he's a hockey player. Yeah. yeah. We, we'll need be, we need to be those cops. <laughs> <laughs> I got a really funny story. So my day job, um, we put on a really big trade show every spring. And uh, one of my outside salesmen, he calls on some people at uh, a neighboring town. And um, one of the guys happens to have an account with us who is a full-time firefighter down in Vancouver, which is where we hold this big trade show. Um, so 
we're down there, and I get to meet up with him, and he's like, oh, hey, uh, she would, you'd get along really well with Kevin, you guys should talk. I'm like, oh, why? So he starts telling me, he's like, oh, hey, I'm, yeah, I'm a full-time firefighter. I'm like, oh, cool, buddy. And so we start getting on more and more and talk, talking about his life and what he does there and um, what he's doing down here, and he's like, oh, yeah, I got, like, a summer house up here and firefighter down, down here, and I'm like, oh, what what got got you on to firefighting down here? Like, did you grow up here? Did you grow up there? He's like, oh no, I came from here. Blah blah blah. Um, and he starts talking about his interview process. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it was it was getting tough to to you know get in places. And I was going through my my interview, and everything was going well. He says, I felt pretty confident with the way things were going, and and that. And he started talking about, okay, well, what are your like like what do you do with your spare time? And he's like, oh, well, I'm a a uh, boat mechanic and the chief's like really well, I have a boat <laughs> I have to think of it the deputy chief has a boat <laughs> I know a couple of the boys have boats so he's been on there for I don't know how many years now and <laughs> yeah at the back of the at the back of their department they got a pretty big uh, parking lot and says there's generally one or two boats parked parked out back and he's been working there ever since so says, yeah like like it was not hard to get on places because the skill level wasn't there it's just it's a tough gig to get into in a full time department especially when yeah like the like I said with those academies mm-hmm. it's like there's a firefighter here's a firefighter but yeah that's all they have that's all the only thing they have is these, mm-hmm. this. 101. That's the only. That's the only thing. They none of them stand out. <laughs> so. so you gotta have some extra stuff. This guy just happened to be a boat mechanic, boat mechanic and chief had a boat. <laughs> he did. Yeah, I was. I I thought it was really. Yeah, did you not like to? You know, like I I got my level, whatever first aid. I got my ropes. I got this. I got mm-hmm. that. They're like, yeah, we can get that too. It's like, oh, you're a boat mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> It's like you said, right? Like you, you get the cookie cutter firefighter who comes in. They just—that's all they've been training to do. That's all they've ever wanted to do, which is great and fantastic. But what other what other skills do you have? You got any other life experience? Yeah. Where else have you been? What have you seen? Because sometimes the things that we get into, again, we've been in situations with Andrew specifically on certain fires where he's mm-hmm. like, "That roof's gonna go soon. Yeah, you need to get away. That roof's gonna." And sure enough, mm-hmm. like as we back away, give it a couple of minutes, yeah. down it comes. Like. Yeah. Three or four times he's done that. So, what's what's your thing? What's a parapet? Oh, the thing that's about to kill you. you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Scott, you got uh, public service announcement. Public service announcement. (laughs) This is actually kind of. I'll mention it right now. Kind of time to stop the bleed stuff. So. There, so the government <laughs> always the side, right? Yeah. Like, the side before, side before the storm. So there's been some changes to our uh, our first aid rules here, and they they've started adding tourniquets to all these first aid kits, and uh, and no fault of the uh, any any of the government, but what they said, you know, they they're like, hey, you guys need tourniquets in all your first aid kits, you know, throughout the entire province. Um. So what was happening was. They've received. Um, we started receiving these. Um, sort of different people started receiving these tourniquets, and I got a couple of messages from from people that work in even government buildings. They say, "Hey, I don't think this is right because they they they've either taken stop the bleed or they've taken something else." And they're like, 
this is not a cat tourniquet. This is not a soft tee. This is not approved. This is just some thing, some knockoff tourniquet. So even at a higher level, like where you think, you know, it's a government thing, everything's like policy to death. Um, even there, um, fake tourniquets are getting in. And one thing I don't think you want to have is, if, is something that's <laughs> you apply specifically to stop you from dying <laughs> and it breaks. So there's lots of videos of, of showing why tourniquets fail and, uh, and et cetera. Like, you know, they, they, either the windlass snaps or the, um, and we'll, I, we're actually going to do a video later um, showing, you know, the different parts of the tourniquet and how to put it on. But, you know, it, it, it snaps, the ribbon inside snaps. Um, it just doesn't work. It's, you know, the one of the ones I saw, one of these uh, counterfeit ones, the Velcro was on backwards, so it doesn't actually even work. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so just be careful. Um, if you're inter if you want to know what tourniquets to buy, I I'm always going to say the cat is like the gold standard one, a combat application tourniquet. Um, it should on the uh, on the buckle. I got one in my hand right now. On the buckle inside, it should actually say cat, and you usually get the um, couple different patterns and stuff on it. But there's a list on the committee for um, combat casualty care. I believe it's what it's called. So every year the TCCC guys make a list of tourniquets that they recommend, recommended tourniquets, and cats are usually the top of the list, softies usually second, and, you know, they add to them, but it's just important to to know that, and, and Stop the Bleed, they actually mention, you know, two or three different tourniquets that you should be looking at, but, yeah, just wanted to bring that up, there are a lot of counterfeits out there, and right now, like, especially here in Canada, it's kind of the wild west of tourniquets, because <laughs> there's no, down in, the, down in the States, from what I understand, the, uh, you know, they're, they're, they actually have to use certified ones that are they're special, specific testing. And it's, usually that's done to the military. We don't have a super big military up here, so um, it's, like I said, tourniquets are a big thing nowadays, but up here there's no real policies on which ones to buy. So, buy a good one. <laughs> Make sure you don't buy the garbage. That's gonna yeah, don't, don't buy one just for 10 bucks. It's, <laughs> oh, this is, what a deal! But this cat thing's like 40 You can buy this $10 one. <laughs> Looks the same. <laughs> Until you go to use it and it breaks. <laughs> and then you're like, as you're bleeding out, going going black. <laughs> I wish I had spent the extra 30 bucks. <laughs> as you pass out. About <laughs> a <Valid> point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> buy good tourniquets. <laughs> so that takes care of one of our announcements. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, we just uh, pause there for a quick sec. The chief has left the building. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't like to stick around for our announcements because, let's face it, who does? In fact, we're probably talking to ourselves right now. Ash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Chief Miller, uh, first and foremost, uh, uh, content sharing extravaganza. Uh, he's got a new Instagram. He had some problems. Oh, really? with, yeah, so which uh, I've been kind of social media yeah, I heard got booted off yeah yeah there's there a deal um almost annual he, he gets i don't know what it is like here's your one year subscription to chief miller now you have to log into another account it's only on instagram uh so now he's chief underscore miller one the numerical one um his other account seems to still be active again so i don't know what's happening maybe got it back but uh, check that out. Make sure you're on there. Um, there's the Chief Miller Apparel, Chief Miller Ambassadors, Chief Miller on Facebook. Is that us? 
Hey, what? Were you the Chief Miller Ambassador? No. <laughs> uh, we're not. No, Chief Miller Ambassadors, I think, is more uh, for, like, photography, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, fire ground photography and stuff. Um, so, yeah. So, he's he's got that. Like I say, the Facebook, Twitter's uh, ChiefMillerPower.com. Uh, check him out. If you haven't already, I'm, I'd, I'd be shocked. Yeah. Carl, can you say Chief Miller? Chief Miller. Uh, Earlier, it sounded like you said Chief Mjolnir. Chief Mjolnir? And I was like, uh, it's like, isn't that Thor's hammer? Yeah, Mjolnir. Mjolnir? That's just the way you said it. (laughs) Can I make you fun of you? Chief Mjolnir? Chief Mjolnir. Mois! Snagger Tools. Speaking of making fun of people, Scott doesn't have one. Um, (laughs) Mois Snagger Tools, we love them. They're great. They do the job. Great for coupling, uncoupling hoses, especially as the weather starts to get cold. Grab a couple. They're worth the money. And if you are going to buy them, along with a couple of door wedges and some truck packs and bits and pieces, then you may as well use our DTFF5 discount code, which will get you 5% off. Uh, 5% doesn't sound like a lot, but these boys do a lot of work with these things, and they don't make high margins. So they were, we were very privileged to get this code at all. And, uh, yeah, so get out there. Use it. And get yourself a snagger tool. Oh. RZ. Still thinking about my snagger tool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, RZ, uh, it's a mask. It's uh, a mask. There was a, we had a message today from We somebody. did. Was yeah. Chris? Yeah, from Chris. That he was using it in a, is it, was it a practice? Yeah, they, yeah. they were doing a grain. Like a silo. Grain yeah, 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 yeah. Grain, grain bin. Grain bin silo. Yeah. yeah. Um, practice where it looked like they, Purposely put him in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they purposely put him inside the grain. It was like he was like getting sucked down. But yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. So they yeah, he's wearing the RZ uh, to you know, instead of a full SCBA. Yeah, it's pretty. You know, the RZ mask. It's we. I mean, we always talk about it. Oh, we use it. Or use it on the fire ground. Not, not in an IDLH environment, obviously, but you know, around smoky environments, and obviously in a grain elevator, you can use it now. So the list, the list is longer. There you go. Yeah. Grain elevator, pepper spray. One more smoke. added. <laughs> RZ mask. Mm-hmm. I think there's a code. There is, and it's not the old one. It's our new one. DTFF. Mm-hmm. That's it. DTFF. Super easy, Super easy to remember. Yeah. DTFF will get you thirty percent off. Yeah. Oh. And it's shorter now, so it saves you time. <laughs> much shorter. Saves you time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Nice. Uh, on to the uh, Bar Boys, um, Brotherhood Academy Radio. Uh, we show them love. They show us love. We've been pretty nice to each other back and forth the last uh, couple weeks. Yeah, what happened there? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it was just Nick. This last one was just a solo episode. Um, I I feel they're more uh, aggressive with their their jokes when there's more of them there and. They, they may be... Uh, it's like a pack. Right? <laughs> exactly, pack. Like right? Gang, like the Jets and the... I don't know, like the... And they're alone. They're, they're friends. Right? <laughs> <laughs> West Side um, Story. <laughs> I feel like our shout-outs to the Bar Boys are terrible because we always go super sideways. <laughs> yeah, we're going to start talking about West Side Story. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're uh, a group of guys out of Maine. Um, they, uh, they, they're a, a pretty aggressive bunch. Um, we always talk about, uh, 
that default aggressive and and the sort of path that, that, that we're on and how it's working out for us and we kind of love it and they're uh, they're very very similar um, they're going through a bit of a um, uh, ramp up phase on their podcast and their videos and their uh, socials so they're uh, yeah, they're really making a footprint so check them out and you, we may have it. So yeah, so we we've almost got a tentative, a penciled in. It's not penned by any means, but we have a, a penciled in date for a collaboration episode, which is uh, it's pretty exciting after all this time. So on pig roasting standards, where are we at right now? <laughs> Ooh, I would say at this point the fire's lit and we're on the spit. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we don't really know if it's going to be a slow burn or a or a quick, but. Uh, I feel it's turning. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's our measure of time. That is, that is <laughs> yeah. measure of time. Mm. Uh, yeah, Barboys. Yeah, but he's not on TikTok. He says he's, he's on that, and that's a new social thing. And what? Yeah, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, like, it's like for like... Like thermal cameras? No, no, no. Yeah, like talking about... Or, or ticks that give you like Lyme disease. Yeah, right? Is this um, a new social media thing? It is, yeah. So for, for the people... What? Yeah. TikTok, so, what is, is it actually a thing? It was, so it's, it's like Twitter thing. and... It's like... Do you remember Vine? Negative. Oh, no. actually. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Twitch? Like I, what? No, like video like games Twitch. and stuff? No. No. It's for short videos. So it's... Uh, Is that what Instagram's know. for? Yeah. <laughs> trust me, I don't get it either. Um, I'm too old to understand it. But yeah, I seem to kind of be the guy doing it. Um, I'm going to look into it. Sounds like it's the, the way of the future. Like so else. Your game. So, yeah, so you might see one of ours coming up. They apparently have one. It's been getting some traction. He says there's a lot of firefighter videos that go on there, whether it's apparatus or a quick tactic. Or well, it's called TikTok. People probably think it's about thermal cameras. Mm-hmm. Maybe <laughs> like, all, I, like I did. Maybe Just all of our, uh, our videos should be about thermal cameras. Then. Hey, guys, <laughs> welcome to our TikTok about TikTok. <laughs> TikTok and a TikTok? Mm-hmm. Barbos. Barbos. <laughs> uh, secondalarm.org, our friend Matt, and uh, his awesome calls, secondalarm.org. Check them out. They uh, are trying to get more firefighters in your fire holes. Super important. Everyone needs more firefighters, right? We're actually well, we, we're, we're, we're solid. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I was trying. I invited Chris down. I was like, because he, he said he was coming down for, he's trying to get here for a seminar. Yeah. And, uh, I said you should come and join us. Mm-hmm. He said join, be in. join us, like join. Yeah. What do you mean? I join the podcast. Just join. No, no, no. Just oh, join the department. Yeah, just join the department. Isn't he from like a whole other yeah. part of the country? Yeah, that's what he said. Isn't so he from he's another like, country? Yes. Oh, okay. So what? It's gonna be a really slow response. Yeah, that's what he said as well. Right. Oh, well. Take a while. Oh, faster than some. Amazing. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Todd. Uh, sorry, Todd. Yeah. Um. Second alarm to work. Still on his way for first try. Sean's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fired again. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, right yeah, well, I think I have time for it. Second alarm to work. Check me out. I think that's it, boys. What about us? Mention us. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. we love us. Mention us. Somebody does. Mm-hmm. Well, we got shirts now. We right. do have shirts. I feel the meat's about to spoil on that pig. <laughs> We do have shirts. Yeah. We do. And uh, I've You're, been looking yeah. at the Amazon store setup stuff because we're thinking we're just going to sell them through the Amazon store because it's way, way easier. 
to do it that way. And it's, I think it's easier to, for people to purchase and oh, get assured of, we're not the best at shipping. Negative. No. But we, we will <laughs> we be. We could be the worst at shipping. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, well, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but uh, through the Amazon stuff, it will 100% get to you. We just need to mm-hmm. supply and product, which we already have, and then they deal with the rest. So Are they able to do the option of shirt and stickers? Yes. Cool. Yeah, I believe we can add, yeah, we just, yeah, we can create items. Whenever one's ordered, it okay. just adds those things mm-hmm. too. So shirts Wait. and stickers will be on the Amazon.ca store before the end of the month. Oh. And the Amazon.com store before the end like of the month. Like the end of this month? Or end of a month? Well, what's the thing? <laughs> yeah, it's the, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, it's the third. We can make that. Sure. Right, Ash? I don't see why not. I can see exactly why not. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, your baby, because Scott and I are out here, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Going to old Vegas. Vegas. Traveling boys. roadshow. Traveling roadshow. Or we're just going to go to Vegas and maybe we'll, we'll go live from this trip. You should. Hopefully there's a fire. Not you should go live from this trip. Or at least there's a fire truck or something. <laughs> Videotape. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can head to a hole there. I don't think they have any volunteers there. Do they not? They'll shut us and kick us out. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, hey guys, we have a podcast. Can we come in? Well, there'll be, no. there'll be a lot of paid guys just sat around <laughs> doing nothing. So you can schedule that up. They'll be busy training. It's fine. <laughs> That's what they do. Yep. Somebody. Yep. Okay. We're done. That's cool. it. Right? Anymore? I think so. Yeah. yeah. We're going to go film a video. Yeah. yeah, no, we keep doing this. We were up until what, like, four a.m. I was up till four, and I was then up till like two, maybe three. Yeah. Well, then the time changed. That was a whole, yeah, problem. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, it's getting late. It's almost two. And then I worked for an hour. Oh man, it's getting late. It's almost two. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I go home and then, I'm still ticking, right? Yeah, like, and then we, still and then like, we had the mutual aid call this morning. Yeah. Everyone is jacked for that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm tired. And then Scott wants to shoot videos. Anyways. It'll we'll take it only like 30 seconds because that's how long it takes to apply a tourniquet. Look at that. He plugs at the end as well. Mm. Ash. Carl. Scott. Carl. Good night, everyone. Stay safe. Stay